Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers lost to the Rockies again for the third straight game. We're going to talk about the Andrew Heaney experience and what it might tell us about the postseason. Going to give some updates on Blake Trinan and Dustin May. We're going to talk about the Major League Baseball, just baseball fans' weird obsession with round numbers. And we're going to talk about uh, the playoff format. The schedule is now set, so we'll talk all about what to expect in the postseason. So let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. This is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time watching or listening, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Semperio, but it's just me tonight. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers at the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. So again, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching and listening. And let's get started. The Dodgers lost to the Rockies 5-2. to two. It's their third straight loss. Uh, they've now lost three of the first five games of this six-game series. They need to win on Wednesday their season finale. Uh, they need to win to avoid losing the series. They also need to win to get to 111 wins, which would give them officially the best winning percentage in Dodgers franchise history, uh, which is something to play for. And uh, most of the need to win just so that people will uh, stop freaking out. You know, it would be nice if the Dodgers come out and just put up a 10 spot on Wednesday, just remind everybody, yeah, we're the Dodgers, they're the Rockies, and we're going to be fine in the postseason. There really is no correlation. Study after study has been done. There's no correlation about how well a team plays going into the postseason and how that correlates to how they play in the postseason. Uh, you can stumble into the postseason and then play great. You can play great and then stumble in the postseason. Last year, the Dodgers uh, finished really, really strong. I think they were like 13 and two in their last 15 games and uh, didn't make it past the NLCS, you know. And some of that was because they had to go so go hard, so hard to get uh, trying to win the division. And so this is basically the opposite of that. The Dodgers have not played a meaningful game in a month, and uh, you know. They did a pretty good job most of this last month of staying on top of things. They they kept their foot on the gas for the most part. The last couple of days, not so much. And some of that is, you know, uh, I'm going to talk about Freddie Freeman in the second segment. You know, uh, he's he's part of that. He's just struggling. Trey Turner's struggling. Uh, and you hope that those things will turn on once the games start mattering again. Some of it is just the way they're being managed and and playing. Their goal is to stay healthy right now. And then they'll spend the the five days off that they have between uh, tomorrow's, or I guess when you're listening to this, today's season finale and their first playoff game. They'll spend that time getting ready to uh, hopefully hit the ground running. And we'll see if it's a disadvantage. I'm going to talk in the third segment about the playoff format and the matchups and everything. And we'll see if it's a disadvantage at all having the first round by. Obviously, the rest is nice. Uh, getting to set up your rotation is nice. But the Dodgers will be playing somebody who has just played. And so they won't have that rest. They, they'll have other disadvantages. So I'm interested to see how this whole thing plays out. I think overall the uh, the first round by will be a net positive, but we'll talk about that in the third segment. So 
in this game, uh, Julio Arias started the game, went five innings, gave up two solo homers. That was all the runs he allowed. His ERA went up from 212 to 216. Still plenty low to win the NL ERA title. So uh, congratulations to Julio on that. As I talked about last week, I don't think he's going to win the Cy Young Award, and that's okay. Uh, hopefully the Dodgers' approach with him will pay off in a World Series title instead of the Cy Young Award that he just didn't throw enough innings to to earn when Sandy Alcantara has thrown so many innings, I guess. Um, but Andrew Heaney came in after Julio. Heaney pitched the last four innings, and unfortunately he gave up a two-run homer, later gave up an RBI single. Uh Heaney struck out seven of the 17 batters he faced, but of the 10 that he didn't strike out, they went five for 10 with a double and a homer. And that's kind of the story of Heaney's season. He strikes out a ton of dudes, ended up with like 110 strikeouts in 72 innings, something like that. And, uh, but he also gave up 14 home runs. His final ERA was like 310 ish, not bad, but not nearly as sparkling as it was early in the season. And uh, Heaney is one of the biggest question marks going into the postseason because he's kind of a wild card. I could see him bombing in the postseason. I could see him being a huge contributor because he has such good stuff. He does have that swing and miss stuff. Unfortunately, he also has has that swing and mash stuff. And uh, he needs to get over the swing and mash and, and get more of the swing and miss because if he's a guy who can come in and pitch three or four innings at a time, strike out a bunch of dudes and keep you in a game that's super valuable whether it's as a piggyback guy you know after you know coming in after tony gonsolin or or whatever it is there's so much potential value there i really could see heaney i could see us looking back and thinking wow andrew heaney was a really valuable part of that world series win uh but then there's also the chance that he could just you know suck give up a ton of home runs and uh and and B, you know, unfortunately, he, he's a guy we can look back and say, oh, he's a big part of that World Series loss or that NLCS loss or whatever it is. Hopefully it won't come to that. But uh, he's he's one of the biggest wild cards for me because of that. Uh, Joey Gallo hit a home run uh, to tie the game, got Julio off the hook for the loss. Uh, he later struck out. So we got kind of we got the full Andrew Heaney experience and we got the full Joey Gallo experience. All we needed was a walk from Gallo, I guess, to uh, to complete it. But after the game, Dave Roberts said that Joey Gallo will be on the postseason roster. And there was a time when this wouldn't have been news. Lately, I think it kind of is news because he has been really, really bad lately. In fact, after his first 14 games with the Dodgers, his first 14 games, he had an OPS over 1,000. Since then, it's under 500, I believe. It's really, really bad. And, you know, I don't know. He he provides good defense. And but there there was some thoughts that like, okay, what about James Outman? What about Kevin Pilar? Somebody like that who can provide that defense, but also maybe put the bat on the ball sometimes. And I think they want to go. I I think after last year, they got burned with rookies and unproven guys in the postseason. I just don't think there's a spot in the postseason game where Dave Roberts would feel comfortable sending James Outman to the plate. After we saw Outman made a big splash, hit a home run in his first at bat, you know, hit the ball uh, really well, but he also struck out a ton. His strikeout rate, you know, he struck out more than half the time. It was a very, very small sample. But uh, when your BABIP is 1,000, every time James Outman hit, put the ball in play, he got a hit. Uh, but that's because he didn't put the ball in play many, many times and struck out a bunch. 
and even in the minor leagues, he's had a, a pretty high strikeout rate. And uh, yeah, I, I think there just aren't any positions where Roberts would feel comfortable putting uh, Outman in and maybe even Pilar. And you'd rather just go with the the proven veteran, even though you're going to have to pick and choose where you put Gallo in and hope he gets hot at the right time. Uh, it, it's interesting, though, that they are committed to him being on the roster. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little surprised by it. I thought they might seriously be considering replacing him with Pilar or with Miguel Vargas or with somebody, you know, and Vargas might still end up on the roster if Chris Taylor can't go. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about Chris Taylor in the next segment, along with uh, Dustin May and Blake Trine and some updates on all three of those guys. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a break and then I'll come back and talk about those guys as well as baseball's obsession with round numbers. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it locked on Dodgers. Simply Safe uh, is a security system. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. Uh, they are, it's basically, you can customize your own security system. It's great whether you own a home or rent an apartment. Uh, one of the great things about Simple Safe is it's modular. It's easy to set up. You don't need to bring in a professional to drill a bunch of holes and everything. You set up your system. They send you the stuff, you set it up. And it's really, really easy to set up, easy to take with you when you move. There's, there's so much to it. And one of the best parts is the monitoring. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or you can't be reached. I can tell you from experience, there is no better peace of mind that when you go out of town or even you just go out for the evening, heading to the Dodger game, whatever it is, to set that alarm as you leave and know my, my belongings, my house is secure. And if something happens, they're going to call the police for me and they're going to protect my my domain. It's uh, If you don't have a security system, you really should look into it. And because you're listening to this podcast, there's a great deal for you. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E, dot com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. All right. I am back. I want to thank you again for making locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. It really does mean a lot to me and to Vince that you take the time to uh, talk Dodgers with us every day. We would love to hear from you. If you're watching on YouTube, we'd love to hear your comments in the comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, shoot us a message or a tweet or whatever. I'll give you all the contact info at the end. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'd love to hear from you because we really do love interacting with you guys. Excuse me. Uh, I had to hit the cough button for, for a second. I'm battling a cold right now. You can probably hear it in my voice. But uh, speaking of battling, Blake Trinan is battling to get back onto the Dodgers roster. And we got an update on him and Dustin May from Dave Roberts before Tuesday's game. Uh, both of those guys will throw sim games today. And... It's actually a pretty consequential uh, sim game or a couple of sim games. I don't know if you call it one sim game that they both pitch in or multiple sim games. I don't know the sim game protocol, but whatever it is, it's going to be meaningful because uh, 
Blake Trinan, he threw a bullpen session. He said he felt good, uh, but this is going to be a big test, him facing hitters. And he is hoping to be ready for the NLDS, but right now we really have no idea if he's going to be ready, and we'll have a better idea after the sim game. Dustin May, kind of the same thing. He, he will throw a sim game, but the interesting thing there is Dave Roberts actually said even if everything goes well, Dustin May's spot on the postseason roster, on the NLDS roster, isn't guaranteed. And, uh, and, and that's kind of interesting because, you know, it's pretty easy to put together a, a pitching staff right now of if you go with the six starters, even though you only need four as starters, you go Julio, Kershaw, Anderson, and Gonsolin as your four starters, plus Heaney and May as starters who aren't starting but can give you multiple innings. And then in the bullpen, you've got Trinan. You've got Evan Phillips, Yency Almonte, Alex Vesia, Brewster Granerall, Tommy Canely, Chris Martin, those seven guys. The, those seven guys have been awesome. Their combined ERA this year is like 190. Uh, and, and that's a pretty great bullpen. And plus, you've got you know May and Heaney who can go multiple innings. Like You could put that pitching staff together and say, yeah, I feel good about this. But there's David Price and Caleb Ferguson. Both aren't on that list. Uh, both of them are lefties. And maybe you don't like having Vesia being your only real left-handed reliever. Uh, you know, it, it, we'll see. You know, we we're going to talk in the third segment about the actual playoff bracket. And they're, they're not going to have any teams early in the postseason anyway uh, that they're going up against who have, you know, huge left-handed presence where you might need two left-handed relievers, but they might want another lefty, you know, so maybe you go with Price or or Ferguson. I also didn't mention Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell is still Craig Kimbrell, and he still has a chance at the postseason roster. And I could see them leaving May off in favor of Kimbrell, just thinking, okay, in a, in a short series, we're not going to need both Heaney and May for the long relief. So maybe we go with Kimbrell instead, an extra short, short relief arm. You know, there, there's things they could do. Uh, I'd still, I think I'd still be surprised if May isn't on the roster, assuming he's healthy. Uh, and, and I know that's not a safe assumption, especially with uh, the Dodgers, how, how things are. Uh, it seems like these decisions always get made by health. And so maybe Trinan and May both don't come out of the same game well. Neither of them is ready for the NLDS. And both Kimbrell and Ferguson make it, uh, make the roster, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but if everybody's healthy, I think I would go with those seven, the six starters and those seven relievers I listed, but it seems like the Dodgers might be considering going a different way. Uh, another, uh, oh, Chris Taylor was the other guy. There was an update on he, Chris Taylor said he's a hundred percent confident. He's going to be ready for the NLDS. Dave Roberts was asked what he'd need to see to know that Taylor's ready. And basically he said, if he's healthy, we're going to, we're going to trust him to be in there. Um, and basically his health, Robert said, they'll judge it by the quality of the swings. He's going to be hitting in some of these sim games at some point, uh, maybe even today. And they'll have to look and see, okay, how does he, how does his swing look? Robert's talked about, does he look like he's favoring his neck when he swings? Because if he's not healthy, they're not going to put him in. But if he is, then yeah, he's going to have a spot on the roster and get some starts once in a while. And, and, you know, what we've seen in the past, Chris Taylor hits well in the postseason. I don't know how much I believe in postseason hitting ability as an actual ability. I think I believe that good hitters will eventually hit good in the postseason and bad hitters will eventually hit bad in the postseason. 
And, uh, but you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm missing something there, but, uh, that's kind of the updates and, and we're kind of getting in some ways a more clear picture of the playoff roster. And in other ways, we still have no idea. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few days as the Dodgers go through some of these SIM games to get ready for the postseason, both getting guys healthy again and keeping guys sharp so they don't get rusty. One guy who is looking a little bit rusty is Freddie Freeman. He had his third straight 0 for 4 game. He now goes into the season finale needing four hits to get to 200. He also needs probably about four hits to have a chance at the batting title. He's trailing Jeff McNeil at this point. And uh, it's kind of funny to me that the 200 hit thing, I understand wanting to win the batting title. 200 hit thing, it's it's this weird obsession that baseball fans have with, with round numbers. Numbers ending in zero or even two zeros. That's huge, you know. Uh, you have a guy like Burt Blylevin didn't get in the Hall of Fame for years and years because he didn't win 300 games because he only won 287 or something. Like there's really a substantial difference in those 13 wins. If he had played for two more years and been lousy but got those 13 wins, would he be more of a Hall of Famer? In some people's minds, yeah. You know, Freddie Freeman, he already has a career high in hits. He has more hits this year than he has ever had before. He's never hit 200 hits in a season, and but for some reason, 200 hits is this magical number. You know, it reminds me of the other week when Albert Pujols hit number 700. Uh, it's like, you know, when Albert Pujols hit his 700th home run, he he moved from fourth place on the all-time home run list to fourth place. He didn't pass anybody. He had already passed Alex Rodriguez with number 697. That was the important one. That that one. 697 was important. 715 would be important. Those are when you pass guys on the list. 700 is just a round number, but we love our round numbers. And, and I, I get it. I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. Even, you know, 3000 strikeouts, 3000 hits, 300 wins, 200 hits in a season, batting 300. Uh, you know, there's so many of these things that round numbers seem meaningful to people. And we celebrate the round numbers. And so I hope at the end of the season, chances are Freddie Freeman's not going to get four hits today and get to 200. Chances are he's going to fall short. And I hope that he is still very, very happy with his new career high in hits. I hope he feels good about finishing second in the batting chase, you know, and probably finishing second in the MVP race. You know, that Freddie Freeman has had a great season, whether he gets to 200 hits or not. And it's just a, I don't know. Like, I'm not even criticizing the obsession with the round numbers. I, I, I understand it, and I think it's hilariously stupid at the same time, if that makes sense. And so, I, I take part in it too. I'm excited for Clayton Kershaw's 3,000 strikeout that I hope comes in a Dodger uniform in the next couple of years. Uh, I there's Clayton Kershaw's, you know, all all these numbers that that people get, players get, people we care about. 3,000 hits, you know, I, I guess 3,000 hits, you actually do tie Roberto Clemente on a list. You actually move up a spot. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's round numbers, and it's silly. And I wish Freddie Freeman was going to get to 200 hits, but I think it's okay that he's not. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about the actual structure of the postseason. Uh, a listener asked me to go over this. We'll talk about who the Dodgers are playing and when and all of what that will look like. So thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. Okay, I am back, and we're going to talk about the postseason. And 
we actually have everything set in stone now. We know uh, who made the postseason, and we know where their their seeds are, where they're ranked. And uh, let me hit the cough button again. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, after Wednesday night, we have everything locked up. The Braves clinched the National League East, which means the Braves get the first round by. After it looked all season like it was going to be the Mets, it is now the Braves instead. And instead of the two seed getting a buy, the Mets are now the four seed, uh, the the top wild card seed. Uh, and you know that's the thing they they put a lot of uh, importance on winning your division because the Mets have the third best record in the league, but they're the fourth seed because the Cardinals, who are worse than the Mets, won their division. And maybe that'll be more meaningful next year when there's more of a balanced schedule. Everybody will play everybody. Right now it's kind of silly because really you're rewarding the the Cardinals for playing in a worse division. The NL Central is a bad division. And uh, and so that that's uh, – I, I don't know how I feel about it, but it is what it is. And I do think there's value in winning the division. So uh, in the National League, well, I'll just run down the American League first. We don't care as much about that because the Dodgers will only play at most one team for the American League. Yankees and Astros, the Astros are the one seed. The Yankees are the two seed. They get the bye. Uh, The Rays and the Guardians will play each other in the first round with the winner of that series playing the Yankees in the ALDS. And then the Mariners and the Blue Jays will play each other. Uh, The the Mariners... uh, are the five seed, the Blue Jays are the four seed. Uh, so the Blue Jays are the top wild card. Mariners are the second wild card. They'll play each other, and the winner of that series will take on the Astros in the ALDS. Then you get, you know, it goes on from there. In the National League, uh, the Phillies are the third wild card team. So they're the sixth seed. They will take on the Cardinals, the three seed, in the wild card round. And then the four-seed Mets will take on the five-seed Padres in the wild-card round. Uh, the winner of the Phillies-Cardinals series will take on the Braves in the in the a- NLDS. And the winner of the Padres-Mets series will take on the Dodgers in the NLDS with the Dodgers having home field advantage. Uh, that Mets-Padres series, will it's a best of three, and all three games will be played at City Field in New York. So the Padres have their work cut out for them. They got they have to beat Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer uh, at City Field. The Padres have good pitching too, but uh, it's going to be a tough task. And whichever team wins that will then fly to LA to take on the Dodgers. the The dates for that the wild card games, uh, National League wild card round. Uh, the games are October 7th, 8th, and 9th. So there's just one day off potentially. If that series goes all three games, there's just one day off the 10th before the uh, NLDS starts on October 11th. And so uh, assuming, for example, Jacob deGrom starts game one of this wild card series for the Mets on the 7th, he probably wouldn't pitch in the NLDS until game two on the 12th. Uh, I doubt they'd go with him on short rest for game one. Uh, so he would probably pitch game two, Scherzer game three, and maybe uh, DeGrom coming back on short rest for game five. But that's the benefit of having the bye. And it's the downside for the Mets of not getting the bye is in their division division series, realistically, the Dodgers are only going to have to face DeGrom and Scherzer once each. 
And that's a huge deal because you need to win three games. And uh, DeGrom and Scherzer are both very good pitchers. I, I believe the Dodgers can beat both of those guys. Uh, I think it's unlikely that they will beat both of them. I think they could definitely beat one of them. Uh, and, you know, but the thing is you can win a series even without beating either of them if they can only pitch two of the games. And so that's a, it's a big deal. Uh, it's still going to be a tough matchup. The Mets are a very good team. Uh, and, and, you know, and the chan- it could be the Padres. And that would be interesting too. The Padres have the same situation. They would have used their top three pitchers to get through that series. And so those guys wouldn't be available right at the top. And uh, the Dodgers have played pretty well against the Padres this year. Obviously, the Padres will be very motivated to beat the Dodgers in a postseason matchup. Uh, you know, whoever it is, the Dodgers are going to be the better team but anything can happen in a short series. And that's one of the scariest things about the postseason is what if the offense goes cold? What if, you know, one little thing, what 2019, I always go back to 2019. The Dodgers had that series one against the nationals. And then one mistake by Dave Roberts, boom, game is gone. Series gone. And the season's over. And that that's the nature of the postseason that one little thing can derail your entire season. So it, it's a, uh, it's going to be fun. And and I do want to take one minute, one more time to implore you guys, like the, the nature of the postseason. Ever since divisional play started in 1969, uh, we have gotten further and further away from a postseason whose goal is to find out who's the best team in baseball. That used to be what it was. In 1955, the Dodgers won the National League and the Yankees won the American League and they faced each other in the World Series and the Dodgers won the World Series. You know, max of seven postseason games. Now there's, I, I can't even count how many games there are, but you know, if you've got three, six, nine, 12, uh, 22, 32, plus 14 is 56, plus another seven, 63 potential postseason games this year. That's nine times as many as there used to be. Uh, And every addition to the postseason makes it less and less likely that the best team in baseball will win the World Series. These days, it's only like 25% of the time that the actual best team in baseball wins the World Series. And that's okay. That's how it is. And that's why I don't give any credence to people who say, oh, Mickey Mouse ring in 2020 because of shortened season. No, it was the rules everybody played by and the Dodgers they they won. They were the best team in the regular season. Then they best team in the postseason. They won the World Series that everybody was trying to win. So, you know, it, it's sour grapes. And last year, the Braves, they weren't the best team in baseball. They won 88 games in the regular season, but they got hot at the right time and they won the tournament that was set up and they are totally legit World Series champions. Had I Do I wish it was the Dodgers? Absolutely. But the Braves are absolutely legit. The Giants last year, better team than the Dodgers by one game in the regular season lost to them in the playoffs. You know, that that's the nature of the postseason. But the fact that the regular season has been devalued by this expanded postseason doesn't take away from the beauty of the regular season. And that's the thing. One of the great things about baseball is the 162-game season. We get to imagine being a Pirates fan or a Marlins fan and knowing your season was over since like May and think how much better we have it because – it's October 5th, and our team still has a very good chance to win it all. I mean, we are a full five months later than 
Pirates and Marlins fans realistically had any hope. And that's something over this last decade that I hope we haven't gotten spoiled because, you know, when people say world series are bust, I get it. And yeah, I absolutely want the Dodgers to win the world series. There's nothing I want more from a baseball standpoint, but bust. No, we've had six great months. It's been a lot of fun to watch this team seeing Freddie Freeman in a Dodger uniform. Mookie bets all he's done. Like there's been so much fun this year. Julio's great season. Kershaw's great season. Every Tony Gonsolin's great season, all this stuff. It's not going to go away if the Dodgers lose in the postseason. Hopefully it'll be a moot point. They'll just win the World Series and we won't have to worry about it. But the beauty of the 162-game season is we get six months of fun watching a great baseball team. And I personally am thankful to be a Dodger fan, a fan of a team that puts a great product out on the field every year so that I can enjoy that six months. Uh, and I hope you guys feel that way too. I'm not going to tell you how to, how to be a fan, but that's how I feel and I hope you will see the value in that anyway. And with that said, I think that's going to do it for me today. The postseason, it's going to be scary. It's going to be stressful. Stressful. Vince and I will be with you every weekday to talk about it. Uh, we may even do some bonus episodes because, you know, postseason games happen on the weekend. If there's something we need to talk about, we'll hop in. We may try to do some live uh, bonus episodes just right after games, just a, a quick little live show. You know, that, a lot of stuff we're, we're thinking about doing for the postseason. But one thing you can count on is we are going to be here for you to bring you all the Dodgers news and insights that you need during the postseason. So thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And now for your second listen, check out Locked On MLB. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. If you're not watching or listening to Locked On Dodgers every weekday morning, we would love if you add one or two days a month to your rotation. Uh, if you have friends or family who love the show or love the Dodgers, please tell them about the show. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK. 5625. We are here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.